Welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller here with John Leibel, the president of the Truckload Carriers Association. John, welcome. It's, it's great to be here, Craig. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, excited. Welcome to Freight Alley. Uh, we, we're here talking uh, with the TCA and the TPP program. For those that aren't aware of TPP, what is TPP? Let me go back to the mid-2000s. Mid, uh, and At uh, TCA, we had a benchmarking program, and you know we had a number of groups. What we really wanted to do was we wanted to amp it up, so we did. And uh, it took about nine months to redesign and uh, decided there were certain key factors. One is, you know, one size doesn't fit all. So what we did is we developed four different ways to get involved, uh, whether it's composite only, whether it's getting into a group, uh, and so on and so forth. So the program's growing very quickly, uh, largely to, due to our relationship. FreightWaves, uh, you know, when you uh, contacted us in November, uh, December last year, uh, we put a contract together and then furthered the relationship this past May. So I think the Freightways data um, has helped us a great deal. Our members need as much data as they can get. So TPP is growing, which is now uh, the truckload uh, profitability program, instead of calling it benchmarking, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of different parts of the program that we need to talk about. Yeah, so TCA is an organization that represents the truckload industry. And Correct. really, the truckload is the much larger part of the trucking industry. But And you guys are the representation organization uh, of the industry. You we have are. carriers of all sizes that are involved in it, but they're really truckload. Yeah. Um, you think about uh, what it is that you guys do. Can mm -hmm. you describe what you do for these members? Absolutely. Uh, we're a trade association been around uh, for 82 years. The Trade Association has a number of different services and, and products to help members better their business endeavors. So what we do basically is we're helping them build their assets, their balance sheets, we're helping them build their profitability, we're helping them retain their skilled workforce, and the last one is government affairs, uh, the voice of truckload. So I gotta tell you a story about this last one. In uh, April of 2016, Dave Heller, who's our Vice President of Government Affairs, and I went up the hill. They hadn't been on the hill in years. <laughs> and presented our cards, and the person says, truckload, what's truckload? And I said, I, I said, I gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. Truckload's the largest segment of trucking. And I said that to be, in the back of my mind, and I said, listen, uh, we've been the silent majority for too long. I said, starting today, that ends. And we explained, you know, 78% of all freight, you know, the, the, the employment numbers, n number one employer in 29 states. I mean, 3.5 million drivers, 7.5 million employees. I mean, when you start looking at what we do and what we mean to the economy, I mean, it is an incredible story. So that's basically how government affairs started. And, um, you know, now, what we've done is they're calling us, asking for data. Because I'm not an emotional uh, type approach on legislation. If I've got the data and I can back it up with fact, I'm, we're gonna win at the end of the day. We're not gonna win if we go up there and just give them a motion. Yeah, you guys have historically had at some point worked with other associations to represent, represent you in Washington. Did you feel that like you weren't getting enough uh, direct attention, or is this more to take and create your own initiatives? No, I think, I think that um, there is a segment of trucking, which is us, truckload, 
that needs representation. 99% uh, of the time we're on the same page with other associations. So we work well together in regards to the other 99. Uh, give you a point in fact, if you have 85 people in the House of Representatives that changes every election, you know, you've got to go back and you've got to re-educate the 85 because they're, they're new, they don't know. So if we have all the trucking associations talking about trucking, it just gives you a multiple uh, opportunity to voice what we do. We go in and talk about truckload. So we not only talk about industry, but we really focus in on the truck side. And that's different than the ATA, which represents the broader uh, yeah. transportation and trucking market. It, yeah, in many cases, we're in the same appointment. Yeah. Uh, we work t together on things. So, you know, there's a place where we have to voice a policy difference. And we're very glad to do that because our membership saying, hey, you know, here's where we are and this is what we want. We have to go in and we have to. So what are some of the areas where you have differing views than the ATA? It, it depends on like size and weight has been something that's come up over many, many years. And everyone knows the size and weight story. I took the, you're going to get a kick out of this. I took the uh, board minutes from 1957 and read them forward just to get a feel early on in my career here. And size and weight, size and weight, <laughs> size and weight, size and weight. I said, you know, I said, finally, I said to the board, I said, when are we going to get on with it? We have so many things to talk about. It's the same thing. Let's right? not yeah. do this. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, there's no moving on it. We're glad about that, but that's one case. Yeah. Uh, we have bigger issues. You know, we talk about infrastructure. I mean, I had uh, dinner with uh, uh, Speaker McConnell. Uh, actually, uh, Secretary Chow, Lane Chow was there, and uh, there was about eight of us, different industries, and we're talking about things. And he says, uh, I've known uh, Leader McConnell for some years, and he says, John, what's on your mind? And I said, uh, Leader, I said, what's on my mind is infrastructure. And he says, wow, he says, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big hurdle. And he says, how are you going to pay for it? I said, fuel tax. How many industries come in and talk to you and say, we're willing to pay? We're willing to pay that 20 cents a mile more in fuel per gallon. And he says, there's not an industry that I know that comes and says they want to pay more. It's usually less. Now, why would you guys want to offer more Be money? Because if you take a look at the cost of the damage, the lost productivity, you know, congestion, you all are doing a fa fabulous job here at Freightways on congestion and detention times. You take a look at all the reasons why people can't drive, why those drivers can't drive. Uh, infrastructure is a huge contributor to that. So you want Congress to approve a gas tax or fuel tax? A fuel tax. To increase the cost of, uh, of fuel and then in return they put that into a fund to fund infrastructure, highways. And a absolutely and if you think of it this way there's like nine different ideas about how to how to fund the highway uh, you know highway tax and, and highway fund I should say and you know, if you think about it, at the pump, when you're pumping it in, you know, you're, you're losing about 1.5 cents per gallon to administration because it's so efficient. Other methods, we're hearing 18%. Tolls, tolls. Tolls, or? all kinds of stuff. I mean. But are you, are, you, are you against tolls? Absolutely against it. And why is that? We don't think that we should be segregated. We share a road with the general public. We pay our taxes. We feel that we need to be on those highways not off to some segregated area because we know exactly what's going to happen. 
Um, we don't think it's a fair balanced system, and the fuel tax will take care of it so we can all move do forward. You, do you ever worry, because I've heard the counter of the fuel tax mm -hmm. is, you know, every time Congress increases a tax, then they find, I mean, we've done it with Social Security. It's like, oh, it's this money's set aside for, for savings, but in reality, they start to appropriate it in other things. Do you worry about that happening? We do. I mean, when you look at How the do you ensure that if it's a fuel tax, how do you ensure that money goes directly into infrastructure? Highwood, highway fund, bridges, okay, our roads, you know, believe it or not, broadband, all these things that are going to be required for us down the road, that's all included in that package, and it's, seg it's segregated those, those and items. And you said broadband, is that for autonomous or, or enabled vehicles? It, it, it is, not so much the autonomous, but it, it's going to give us a network, okay? Uh, people would think about infrastructure as just you know roads and bridges, but you got to think about broadband. Mm -hmm. I was down, you aren't going to believe this, I was down in Laredo, which is one of our largest inland ports in uh, Laredo, Texas, and we're meeting with uh, the person who absolutely manages that whole operation and a number of his people and asked a question. I said, there's got to be something in common that we have. So what is your biggest challenge? Because I'm thinking he might come up with something like our challenges. Mm -hmm. He looked at me and says, our biggest challenge is broadband. And I looked at him and I said, broadband? Are you? He says, yeah. We have so many new technologies for protecting this country through Customs Patrol that we can't take all those technologies and put them on one screen. It's, it's just... It, 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 it actually closes down the whole system. So we've got to look at a number of different screens. And the technology they have for nuclear, for detection of human, for drug trafficking, I mean, Craig, it is incredible. So broadband I could see as being, okay, if you guys can't all see it and you've got to have a number of monitors and more people, it's not efficient. Yeah, but it's interesting because it is having ubiquitous wireless access where it connects society. Yes. These trucks are driving across, you know, Montana. There are places in East Tennessee. My house, I lose cell phone coverage at my own house because they live on a mountain, and there's all these uh, mountains there. This is 15 minutes outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's incredible. And it's and it's it is tough, but we're so dependent as society, and these these trucks are far more connected than they've ever been. Whether it's transparency and visibility systems, shippers require that. Right. Safety technology that's yeah. there. Uh, and then the evolution of just the smart vehicle really requires the infrastructure. Yeah, and so I think um, when you start to look at, you know, when you start to look at infrastructure, we know this is going to be a 10 to 15 year deal. And it'll never end, it'll keep on going. That's why since 1964, Congress hasn't had, okay, the, uh, the uh, you know, the, the real desire to increase taxes for, especially fuel tax. Look where we are. If they had done a CPI or a 3% or whatever it was, we'd be fine. We wouldn't be 29th in the world for infrastructure. Yeah, and it strikes me that everybody benefits when you have, like the trucking industry is saying we'll take a fuel tax. Like yeah. if you can't put it on consumers, give us a fuel tax. And in return, communities benefit. Highways, airports, ports, right. broadband infrastructure. I mean, the economic, Chattanooga, talks about being the gig city, because we have the fat, believe it or not, and if you knew this before today, we have the fastest internet in Chattanooga, Tennessee than anywhere else in the country. You can get 10 gig to your house. For $160 a month, you can get 10 gig to your house. For $40 a month, you can get a gig. It is super fast. 
And it's actually driven a lot of economic development because companies like Freightways thrive sure. on really fast internet. And it, it strikes me that if the trucking industry is coming and saying, we are willing to be taxed in a fuel tax, and all these communities benefit, especially those communities that may not have, uh, that may be more remote because trucking depends on it, with like broadband access and stuff, strikes me as a pretty nice return on investment. It, for it is a phenomenal return because if you look at the lost time alone, not just the maintenance of the equipment or the safety perspectives. I mean, more lives are lost in work zones. Uh, we got to we got to clean these highways up. We've got to we've got to get them in good repair. My fear is, and I've had conversation with Congress on this, and also regulatory agencies, is that you know we're going to start losing lives. And how many lives will it take for someone to say, you know what, this is crazy? We've got to make a, We've got to make a decision. Highways here. collapsing. I mean, there was a highway here in Chattanooga that collapsed. Oh. Atlanta had one a few years ago. They did. That that collapsed basically shut down the entire city. Yeah, and you know those are things that are reality, but you know. Safety is number one. You know that. Everybody knows our safety is, is number one because we're sharing the highway. It's our, it's our office, and we have to respect the fact that there's citizens and cars on, on that road. So all the new safety equipment we embrace big time. The one thing that I don't see happening is there's a band, there's some bandwidth between the ECMs on trucks and cars where we could have the cars and trucks talking to one another. This is not rocket scientist work, but we've got to get the auto industry and the truck industry, and there's been a lot of movement. But think of it this way. If there would be, it's almost like predictive analytics. It's like, okay, I'm going down a road at such and such a speed, and I've got cars three, three strong on my, on my left side, and I've got two strong on my right side. You know, being able to know where those cars are and having those cars know where we are can really change up the way that things can happen as far as accidents. And to us, the investment in, in that little technology with cars and trucks talking could be a big deal. Now you have an automotive background. I do. You were, you were uh, chairman, president of the NADA? I was actually the senior vice president. Senior vice president right. of the NADA, right. so that, that's the National Auto Dealers Association. Correct. The, it strikes me you would have a perspective. Why aren't the auto manufacturers and the truck manufacturers talking? Well, that's changed. But you got to remember, when you start to look at marketplace competition, each in individual OEM wants to try to get a leg up over the next one for technology. So we've seen tremendous changes within the technology of a car. Uh, we also represented the heavy-duty truck dealers. So you know, the, the, my, my men and women who are members of TCA are buying from the dealers that I worked with for those 30 years. What I found was that you know, it's, it's, it's really talking about and communicating what that future looks like and getting everybody on the same page. It's not like they're unwilling. Just wanting to collaborate. It's just, let's get the key. collaboration going. Let's, let's make this a big deal. Yeah. Because when it comes to lives, I mean, look at the airbag situation we had. Where the airbags were default, you know, default, they had uh, defaults. And I don't know how it was many. Was it Toyota that had the problem? Uh, it was, I mean, auto it was a supplier. Okay. And I can't remember. T T TRW maybe? Uh, no, it wasn't TRW, it was Tecla or something. Okay. But, <laughs> but you see, the importance of the safety aspect yeah. is that they were held to a pretty high standard and, and you know, they were uh, a real problem. So I think the safety aspects of technology have been great. 
we're collaborating. We want to see it happen. I got to ask you one thing that is on the top of mind of nearly anybody in the freight industry mm -hmm. is nuclear verdicts. Yes. I mean, these are, you know, there is truck tr tr profitability mm -hmm. is a big topic this week here at the TPP summit. Uh, obviously, the market is not as strong as it's been in the past. Mm -hmm. Companies these nuclear verdicts come out of nowhere. And really, they're only, it takes a trial attorney painting a really bad picture. And look, everybody, myself included, you, everybody, every driver on the road has had a bad experience with a truck driver. It yes. has happened, and then yep. it's true. There is, yep. it does happen. The trial attorneys take that one experience and paint the entire industry under this brush. They do. And it, puts these, these companies at risk. Mm -hmm. There are companies filing bankruptcies because of nuclear verdicts. Absolutely. But How do we get a handle on that? Well, you've got, you've got a, a solution in tort reform. But I can tell you, for years I've been talking about tort reform. That's a big under undertaking. I think that we need to come together as an industry. Insurance, if you just think about those nuclear verdicts, the insurance industry, everyone pays for that. Just not that one trucking company, oh, right? So the insurance industry is very much affected by nuclear verdicts. Uh, it's a ripple effect. Well, we they've doubled. I think just uh, basic premiums will uh, expected to double this year in some cases, and then the 30%. catastrophic. I've heard as much as 10x in some of these and, catastrophic coverages. And 30 percent in certain cases. So, you know, tort reform has been a big conversation in the U.S. for a long time. You know, we represent Canada and Mexico as well. Mm. So, you know, the United States, Canada, Mexico agreement, which it's a no-brainer. You know the UMSCA? I can't even say. US, yeah, it's, yeah. it's USCAM. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, if you take a look at that agreement, it's good for, it, it's to the point where it should be signed. And, Is it going to get passed this year? The, the environment right now in Washington is no one wants to see anything happen that's good for Republicans. So. The likelihood of that passing, you know, infrastructure, everything's kind of put on hold. Is Washington and, gridlock, though, necessarily a bad thing? Um, I mean, you, you can't get infrastructure done, but uh, let's take that. I mean, they're not passing law as regulations are slow. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of new regulations. Let, let me say it this way. You know, a good thing or a bad thing, I think I would rather see a country where we had more bipartisan work done I think that we are, we, there's so many bills that are left on the table at the end of the year that aren't even, even, haven't even been looked at, that we are, we are numb. And when you, when you get to the point where, you know, you're not effective and you're not efficient, I mean, who gets hurt? Yeah. Us, it's, us. It is interesting um, when I think about the autonomous vehicles and people are like, when are autonomous vehicles coming in? And I'm like, look, this requires local, state, yeah. and federal laws for point-to-point -point autonomous to agree, and we can't even get our federal government to agree on anything, because you've got to actually change laws to allow for autonomous vehicles, and you're talking about an industry where the number one employer in that state is trucking, uh, and so I don't think that um, we're going to see autonomous vehicles on the road ubiquitously, maybe in some select cases, maybe on highways, but we're not going to see it nationally for many, many years. I'm of the same opinion, and I think there's use for autonomous. We're more of a driver assist uh, policy at TCA. We feel that because you've got 80,000 pounds, 
and you've got such a big vehicle and you've got companies that own thousands of these trucks and they're all connected, you know, you got some cybersecurity concerns. But I think the more importantly is that, you know, having someone in that truck that could do something if something happened with the autonomous society could be good. I, we believe in technology, there's no question about that, and autonomous eventually will get here. But I think that uh, in our lifetimes, uh, with the infrastructure the way we have it, we can't even build a bridge. Yeah, it, it, is, it is, there are a lot of issues out there. Congratulations on the work that you guys are doing Thank at you. the TCA. Big fans here at Freightways of the, of the progress of the TCA and what they're doing. Um, really congratulations on, on the successes and good Thanks, luck for Frank. closing out the year. Look forward to seeing what's ahead for 2020. Uh, don't forget that you can watch this and every edition of Freightways TV on Apple TV, Roku, all other digital streaming platforms. Get the app if you have an app, uh, an Apple phone or an Android. It is a great way to pay attention to what's happening in the freight industry.